0: Good morning everyone. It's good to see all of you. Uh, we're going to get ready to start our service. So if you could please stand with me. We'll pray. Uh, all the words for worship will be up on the screen behind me. If you're in the narthex, go ahead and make your way into the sanctuary uh, and join us. But let's ready our hearts. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you that you've uh, You've woken all of us up. I've heard it said you've returned our soul to us this morning. You've given us breath. Uh, you've, you've blessed us with another day, and we know your mercies are new today for us. We thank you so much, God, that, that we can know you, that we can be known by you, and we thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. We ask, God, that you'd just be in our midst powerfully this morning. We ask that you'd speak to our, our minds, to our souls, to our souls, we ask that you administer minister to us as we minister to you. Lord, I, I pray for your peace and comfort over us so that we can worship you uh, unashamedly with our hands lifted high, with our voices lifted high, focused on, on you, the most important thing. We love you so much, Father. Uh, we thank you and we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let us worship.
1: could live.
2: Peter said this. He said, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we can be saved. There's only one name, and that's why that name is worthy. There's only one name. Come on, take a moment before we go any further. And just simply say his name, Jesus. Come on, say it with me. Jesus. Jesus. other name none other we just worship you we just glorify you hallelujah maybe you've been in a moment of just incredible joy and the only thing that could come to your mind was Jesus and maybe you've been in such pain the only thing that came to your the only prayer you could pray was Jesus and guess what that's all you needed Jesus. Come on, say it with me one more time. Jesus. Jesus. Yeshua
1: HaMashiach.
2: The great God, the mighty King, the everlasting one, the Prince of Peace, our Counselor. Thank you. Hallelujah. Remain standing with me. Chaplain Maxwell is going to pray for submarine for this month we take every month we pray for one of our submarines or some other slice of our military we pray for them so let's pray for the men and women families that are attached and part of this boat come on let's pray chaplain
3: hallelujah let's pray with understanding be in the mood of prayer meditate upon the word of god and pray through your spirit for newport news We have to pray with understanding know what is going on so that we can pray the right prayer for them. And this morning, I was just looking through Pastor Brad's Facebook page and I saw that he, something he put there that we should pray that the name of Jesus will break every chain in our life. That was my hook. And I was led for us to pray for new news. Remember that every boat that is built is built to go out and do something for the country so whatever is holding them is a chain and we know that the name of Jesus Christ yes indeed can break every chain so this morning you and I want to agree and pray that whatever is holding them back that could be a spiritual chain should be broken in the name of Jesus We understand that in the book of Acts when paul and sailors were praying and singing him to the lord there was an earthquake shook the foundation of the prison and bible said all their chains were loosed jesus is the same yesterday today and forever so he did it for them and he will do today in the name of jesus so at this time father we thank you for your glory we thank you for the life of newport news jesus we thank you for the crew, the leadership. We thank you for the authority that oversees them. We thank you for all the support available to them. We thank you so much for the support of their family members who are also in the same condition with them, in their place of uh, their place of distress, place of uh, uh, depressed, the place of stagnation, retrogression, the place of uh, things that makes them not happy. You give them a family that supports them. So we also thank you for their life. Lord, at this time we pray that you grant the leaders of Newport News the wisdom, the knowledge, the courage, the understanding, my Lord, to make a good decision for this crew, my Lord. And whatever they they are in the face at this time, you visit them my lord in your special way in the name of jesus we pray that any chain that is holding them back in the name of jesus must be broken today in jesus name lord we set them free to go out there and defend the country oh lord as they are supposed to do in the name of jesus they want to go out there my lord whatever has been a hindrance oh god whatever is drawing them back, oh Lord causing them, oh God, to be in the stagnant position, Father release your power, release your strength, uh, release your might oh God, the name of Jesus that break every chain, oh God reach out them right now wherever they are and cause a miracle to happen in the name of Jesus, Father surprise them, oh God, with your move, Father we curse every chain hanging on their neck Hanging on the family's neck. Hanging on the leadership. Both spiritual and physical. Lord, you can do it all. So we come before your throne of power this morning. That Lord, reach out unto them, O God. And help them, O God, in their problems and their situations in the name of Jesus. Bless their handwork. Bless their family, O God. Give them patience to endure all that they are going through at this time in the name of Jesus, Father. And bless them with success, O God. So that... Tomorrow by this time, my God, there shall be a great news, my Lord. In the name of Jesus. Bless them with your presence, O God. With your grace. With your might. With your strength. In the name of Jesus. And I know that you, that hear the prophet, righteous man, my Lord, you've heard us. And there shall be a miracle and respond. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.
2: God bless you guys. You're just seated. Make sure you take one of those little things that you found on your seat, stick it to your refrigerator or in your Bible or something. I know most of our Bibles are now phones, but, you know, take a picture of it or something and pray. Hallelujah. You know, that very first song when I came in and you guys were singing that, that song, I leaned over to, to Maxwell and I said, hey, when we go to Ghana, if they don't know this song, we're going to teach it to them. Then I realized what I said. I don't think either he or I are capable of doing that, but we'll get somebody. <laughs> so Gifty, when you go to Ghana in march, find out if they know that song and give them a heads up. We're coming with it, all right? Anyway, hallelujah. Good to see all of you. And Pastor Brad, if I haven't met you, I'm looking forward to meeting you after, after the service, if at all possible, uh, at the Chili Cook-Off or something. So this march seaport will turn officially 35 and uh, so it's um it's uh it's been quite a ride so what we've been doing we started this just uh, last month we just give you a quick snippet we're going to give you a two and a half minute snippet right now by a video that Lindsay put together that shows you some just this is so just a quick glimpse of so much of the outreach Every, every month we're going to take a different topic. This topic is outreach. And you're going to see all kinds of things that this church has done in the way of reaching out to the community. And we haven't even begun to touch it. So anyway, let's watch.
0: people that we are able to give out to. Some of the times we look so internal at the church and we don't see what's going on out in the community. So tonight we had almost 800 to 1,000 people here tonight. We were able to hand out 800 to 1,000 bags of candy. And we were also hand out. We handed out 900 hot dogs today. At the giving of our community and doing what we have done is such a great thing. It's an awesome thing that we're going to continue to do. We're going to show the people that, that Christ loves them, the church that loves, them,
1: loves them, and we love them.
4: So you can see over 35 years, we has been all kinds of awesome things that we're doing here. And anyways, I'm Pastor Chris, and we just want to welcome you to church this morning. We do that around here by honoring you, by clapping for you. So welcome to church this morning. But, of course, we don't want to just clap for you, right? We want to truly connect with you. We're a family. And the easiest way for you to connect with us is for you to text the word welcome to the number that comes up on the screen. A small link will come back to you. It only takes about 20 seconds or so to fill it out. And then once you fill it out, just like that, shabam, we are connected. And, of course, we're available on TikTok, on Instagram. We are If you just want to email the office staff, it's office at seaportcommunitychurch.org. And you guys picked the greatest day of all to come to church for the first time, if that's the case. But we have all kinds of awesome opportunities around here, and we share those through the Church Center app. It's an easy thing to get if you just click that QR code that's on the seat back in front of you. It'll take you to a landing page where you can download the app. But we have some awesome opportunities. And if you haven't figured this out, we are a praying church. We believe in prayer. Prayer changes everything. And there's awesome opportunities for you to be involved in this. It doesn't matter if you're a morning person, a night person. If you want to be online or in person, there's all kinds of opportunities. So please, I encourage you to join in on one of those prayer meetings. And then today, after service, we've already been talking about a lot, is what? The Chili chili Cook-Off. And it's all you can eat. It's got cornbread, chili. The entry is for donations. So make sure you guys join us in the Fellowship Hall after service for the Chili Cook-Off. The Ladies Bible Study starts this Monday, as in tomorrow. It goes on Mondays and or, uh, online or on Thursdays here in, in, uh, in the fellowship hall. So make sure you guys join us for that. You can pick up the study guides for that over at the information desk after service. This Tuesday, the men are going to be meeting here. We have our Accelerate Men's Ministry, and they meet on two, every other Tuesday, and that's this Tuesday. Wednesday night, we have Growth Track. It's continuing on. I think we're in our fifth week now. It's going awesome. It's an amazing thing. Make sure you guys are joining us for one of those different classes that are out there, because they are all awesome things. And then if you haven't signed your kid up to go to YouthCon, YouthCon is an awesome thing. My kids have gone for several years. It's a great thing, a great place for them to meet lots of other um, teens and youth that are doing all kinds of awesome things in ministry, and it's just a great time all around. So make sure you guys are signing up for that. And then, of course, there is that Sight and Sound trip down to Lancaster, Pennsylvania to see the Sight and Sound presentation of Daniel. It's an awesome thing. If you've never been to Sight and Sound, I encourage you to go. It's better than any Broadway show you'll ever see. Pastor Brad.
2: Yeah, that, it's, uh, it's better than Broadway there's only nine seats left so I would encourage you to register today okay so if you're going to be part of that and we're just going to ride this van uh, this luxury van all the way down there and back and so it's a one day, one day trip and so it'll be, uh, it'll, it'll be it'll be fun and so Pastor Debbie and I are going along with you so we're going to have a great time together hallelujah uh, it's going to be fun together Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, I mean, uh, I'm going to ask Rolando and Bree. I'm going to ask um, Katie and Nathaniel to join me up here. And uh, today I have a, kind of a very important announcement to, to make with you. We're doing it this way so that you can see uh, some of the things that are happening around here. And it's a great thing that's, that's happening. Over the past year and a half or so, Rolando has served as our Youth and Young Adults Director and um, just kind of part-time staff. But after lots of talking and looking and developing, we, des- we decided that the best move for all of us was to b- basically yeah. divide and conquer, so to speak. And so what we're doing, effective now, effective right now, Rolando and Bree, well, they're going to retain the role as uh, director of Young Adults Ministry, and Nathaniel and Katie are going to step into our youth ministry and and take that over. And so they'll they'll work they work as a team. They'll work a lot together in both of these roles, but these these two guys, their wives are going to give leadership specifically to those respective areas. And I'm very, you know, I'm very You know, this is a great move for the church. It's a great for you, for the church, and for them. It's a great move, something we've been talking about for a long time, actually, because we could could see how this could develop, and so we're excited about that. And um, the other thing I just want to tell you is this: Um, again, because, again, because of your giving, because because of your giving. We are sending these four along with, and we'll pray for them at another point, uh, along with Andy and Melissa. We're going to send all six of them to Orlando, Florida. That sounds painful, doesn't it? Uh, No, we're not sending them to Disney. We're not sending them to Disney. If they sneak out to Disney, I'll I'll have Mickey talk to them. But uh, seriously, we are sending them in early March sending all six of them to the Next Generation Conference. The Assemblies of God Next Generation Conference where they'll be fully, more fully equipped to minister to our kids, our family. Aren't you grateful for that? So this is, um, this is something. This is, this is something. Yeah, they're going into the all-in conference. And so uh, when we get a little closer, we're going to pray for all six of them as they, as they go down there. But I believe, I just really see the hand of God in all of this. Amen. You know, I really see that. And it's just, this, it, just, it just came all about, and the timing was uh, to send them was good. And, you know, the, because of your generosity, the finances were there. It cost several thousands of dollars to send them down there, fly them down, go to the conference and stay. Things are expensive now. But um, we're, just gonna, we're going to invest in them because it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And... Um, You know, so let's. Why don't you just stand with me? You're going to be seated for a while. Why don't you just stand with me for just another moment? And let's pray as as you know as we make this make this shift. Uh, I really really believe that you know Rolando now with being able to really focus there. That was a lot. He had a big assignment. Uh, Able to focus on that. That we'll continue to see. I mean, there are. There are young adults that come on Thursday night. They don't attend this church at other times, but they come to that. And so there's, and there's, he's had many, many uh, young sailors there. That's a big win, and so we're we're grateful for that. And I know, and I know that um, you know Nathaniel and Katie stepping into this. Nathaniel received a prophetic word that God was going in in his former church that God was going to use him powerfully in youth ministry. It's God. coming to pass. Yes, Lord. Pray with me right now for Lord, these. Okay, pray with me. That God will just empower them. them you know, yeah, anoint them, Lord. That's a good word. Anoint them, empower them, strengthen them. Lord, we're following what we believe is your will and your plan. God, for these four very precious lives. And God, they as they are stepping into or changing a role, I pray that God that they would have every bit of creativity and wisdom and spirit direction. And guidance and the Lord that they, Lord I, they're very sincere about their calling. There's no fluff here with these guys. God, they are they are serious about this. And God, I, I, yeah, I agree. You're right, John. I, I pray God that you keep your hand upon them, that you protect them from the evil one. Help them to stand strong and fulfill the calling on their lives. And God may their may the ministries underneath their care, their your ministries, not theirs, may they flourish. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 I'm excited for all of you. I'm excited. I'm excited for all of you guys. I'm excited for all of you. This is good. Amen. Go ahead. You guys can be seated. All right. Woo. Hallelujah. This is great. So you'll see those changes being made on places like the website, the app, email. You'll see all those changes. You'll be notified of that. So just, just be aware of that. It may be slightly confusing at first, but just stay with us. We'll get those changes made so you know how to contact them and interact with them. Okay? And uh, this, is, this is a good move. Uh, this, this is a, a good move for, for the church and, and for them. Amen? Amen? Amen. Remember something in the treasure principle. Remember, we are God's money manager, right? That's who we are. God gives it to us to steward, to manage. Okay? And so, in a moment, we're going to honor the Lord with our, you know, with, our, with our giving. And I mean, you know what? Everything you have is a gift from God. And he says to you, I'm trusting this to you to manage well for me. Now, I, I, what I'm about to do, I, I hate doing. But I know the Lord wants me to do this. I just absolutely detest doing this. But... I do it because he told me to do it. I just need the Lord told me that this year would be off to get off to a rough start. His words to me really was, "The year will start kind of tough." I thought, "Oh, great! I love it when you say those kinds of things to me." He's never wrong. It's been we've had a lot of challenges right at the top of the year. Uh, you see, some of you haven't seen them. That's that's okay. You don't need to see them. But there have been some so financially we're, we're we're struggling a little bit. I'll just be honest with you. We're struggling a little bit financially. And those guys will show you the numbers, and you can see that. But I, This is what I want. I want us to pray. I want us to pray together, okay? They're not huge numbers. And God's bigger than any numbers, amen? That's bigger than any numbers. They're bigger than any numbers, you know? Uh, and this is our budget versus actual. When, when we have a shortfall with the budget, what that means very simply is either we pull from reserves, either we pull from reserves, or we just don't buy it. <laughs> Well, we just don't buy it. That's all. We just don't. If it's, if it's planned, we just don't buy it um, in some cases. So that's how the the finances here are extremely well managed and, and eyes on them all the time. So be aware of that. But let's pray together, okay? Let's pray together. And this time I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray, as I often do, I'm going to pray that, That uh, that God just continues to bless you. Those of you that are faithful, because you'll continue to be faithful. And when God blesses you, you'll just continue to give, right? And those of us that are learning to tithe, we'll grow in that too, amen? And we'll be blessed, and the church will be blessed, and it's a win for everybody, right? Hallelujah. Pray with me. Father, it's our privilege to give. And I do ask you very simply, Lord, you said it, not me. I didn't say it, you said it. That when we give, it will be given unto us, good measure, pressed down and running over. That you would open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing almost impossible to contain. And so God, there are many here that have been very faithful to give, to tithe. And I pray that God, you pour out blessing into them because you know what they'll do. They've been faithful before, they'll be faithful now. Those of us, God, that are learning to give and maybe find it somewhat challenging and hard at times to do so and and maybe struggle. God, help us to take steps of faith. Help us to grow in generosity and faithfulness. And God, so that you can bless us with more. That's your plan. We commit this to you. Lord, you've blessed this church in so many ways. And I'm so grateful. Grateful for generous people. And God, just bless them immeasurably. Thanks, Father. Amen. Amen, amen. You should say amen to that prayer. Hallelujah. There's lots of ways to give around here. You can see that up there on the screen. The guys will bring that up, and you can see ways to give. You can go... Kiosks, little giving boxes out there. You can do that, or you can, uh, you know, go on the app. The app is probably the best way to give for in church. So there's lots of ways to give. So thank, you thanks so much. I'm going to release the youth. All of the youth are leaving now, and uh, they're going out. They can go out the back and down the hallway. You're going into the fireplace room, or you can go straight across the hall to the fireplace room. Either way, all of you are going. High schoolers, middle school, everybody's going to the fireplace, not the fellowship hall. I know you want to get a jump on the chili, but no way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every media outlet, every YouTuber, every social media influencer, they would have all been there in those days. Every single one of them would have been there. I mean, it had caught such fire and the news had spread so far. So fast, it was just amazing what had taken place there in a short period of time. But there was really only one who was caring about recording it, and this was sometime later. Luke the historian, the the physician commissioned by Theophilus. He tells us in the book of Acts and of the Apostles, he, and, and just in a short few chapters, he tells us about how that Jesus ascended from the Mount of Olives and, and promised to return. He, he records Jesus telling the disciples, the apostles, to go into Jerusalem, which is just a short distance from the Mount of Olives, and wait for the promise of the Father. He didn't even tell them what that was exactly. The guys decide that, you know, maybe they should uh, fill in Judas the betrayer or traitor spot with Matthias. They do that. And then when we get to the day of Pentecost in chapter 2, 50 days after Passover when Jesus was crucified, you know, there are 120 of them in the upper room and the promise of the Father comes. The Holy Spirit comes with incredible power. There's the sound of wind. There's the, the appearance of fire. Uh, suddenly 120 people speaking languages they never learned. And then, of course, Peter stepping forward and preaching an intense message where 3,000 people come to faith in Jesus and are baptized in one day. That's just logistically amazing to me. It's just amazing. And then, of course, you know, Peter continues to, to preach and, and, and to teach in, in, chapter, in chapter 2. And I mean, you know what? As... <laughs> as as, as, chapter, as, chapter three, as chapter 3 opens, of course, now we see last week we saw Peter and John going up to the temple for the three o'clock, prayer, 3 o'clock prayer meeting, which was just in front of the 4 o'clock evening sacrifice. And on their way, they encounter a beggar, a poor man, a guy that had, was his only source of income. He's there at the gate, beautiful, begging as the, as the devout Jews would come through, hoping that they would be kind and gracious to him. And of course, we heard last week how that Peter said, "I don't have much, not any money, but what I have, I'm going to give to you." And he heals that guy. He jumps to his feet. His life is so transformed. They didn't even want him inside the temple courts. Remember, the temple courts were about forty football fields. It was huge. They didn't even want him inside that. But his story, his story continues by saying that he joins Peter and John and goes into the temple. See, when Jesus heals your life, He restores your life. It's amazing what he does. And Luke takes us all through that in just three short chapters. But just like clockwork, as it's always been, as probably will always be, you know, when the church begins to grow and expand and develop, there's pushback. And it didn't take long for pushback to come. Chapter 4 opens up with this. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, the people that were gathered, that had gathered there around the healing of the lame man, people that had come were coming in for the four o'clock sacrifice, they were confronted, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that Jesus there's the resurrection of the dead. They arrested them. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? They arrested them, and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. The reason they did that was to hold them there. They didn't know what to do with them, and they needed time to pull the Sanhedrin together. More on that in a moment as well. There is a lot going on here. But really getting arrested for teaching that Jesus is the source of the resurrection from the dead? Really? Why? Why is that so disturbing? Please understand what's happening here. It's a time of the evening sacrifice. It was every morning and every evening. Twice a day to cause the people of God to remember daily devotion to the Lord. It was their daily appointment. with did twice a day. And it was, it was designed to bring them into a state of awareness and for, um, continual forgiveness, mercy, grace, relationship. It was all designed to, to do that. But now this very calm, very serene, very traditional atmosphere is being torn upside down, inside out by a bunch of wild crazies. Picture that. Now picture that. Okay? Please understand something. Religion for the most part, religion almost always cares more for performance and tradition than it does for meeting the needs of humanity. Let's remember that, generally speaking. Generally speaking. So here we are. Obviously, there's a large number of priests on the temple ground. The, the temple had a lot of priests. It wasn't just one. They had lots of priests. There was a lot, lot of things going on there carrying out, various, carrying out various duties. But also, Luke also says that the captain of the temple guard was there. There were several captains uh, of, the, of the temple guard. Their job mainly was to keep order to keep chaos like this from breaking out, to make sure that religious law was enforced. Uh, if there was anybody that was in places that they shouldn't be, because there were places that you should be and you shouldn't be there in the temple, make sure that you were in the place that you needed to be. Uh, much of like any kind of security guards would do today. And they were, and the captain of the temple guard was front and center because this is his zone, okay? And so he's, fr- he's front and center. Now, it's interesting to note that this guy, now there were a lot of captains that had duties there, but it is quite possible that it was this guy or one of his contemporaries that Judas had consulted with only only seven or eight weeks before that and conspired to betray Jesus. It was possibly this same guy or one of the fellow captains. It It was one of those guys that had gone into the Garden of Gethsemane, also just a short distance from the temple, outside the city, and had actually arrested Jesus, possibly one of those guys, okay, that that was there. Because now they thought the big commotion with Jesus and all of his antics was done. They're about to find out it's going to get a lot worse for them. So what happens is, and now, so there's priests, there's the captain of the temple guard, and then there's this group of people called the Sadducees, I like what one guy said. They are sad, you see, because because they did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. They did not believe in anything supernatural. They believed uh, in the in the law of Moses. They were very different from the Pharisees. They were one of the four primary sects of Judaism at that particular time: the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essenes, and the Zealots. But th- these guys were prominent. They were prominent in the Sanhedrin. They were prominent in the control of the temple. They were prominent in control of the government. They were a religious and a political group at the same time. That's who they. That's who they were. They were primarily aristocrats. They were obviously wealthy. They were often elitist, <coughs> and and uh, you know they uh, had they had a lot of power and they enjoyed it. And they enjoyed it. And they controlled. And they were in cahoots. <coughs> with the Roman government. The Roman, of course, the Roman Empire had control over Judea, but they, in the interest of Pax Romana, you know, Roman peace, they, the Romans wanted to make sure that they would use their own lackeys, in this case, often the Sanhedrin and the such, to control the people so that there would be peace. And so the Sanhedrin often complied. Often complied. It, they were caught in the middle and they made it work for themselves. Jesus would repeatedly call the Pharisees and the Sadducees out. To understand, uh, he would call them out for their hypocrisy. He'd call them out for being corrupt. He called them out constantly. That's what got him in trouble with them. He saw through all their foolishness and he called them out. Now, the Sadducees, again, had a tremendous control over, over the temple. Now, these guys, under, remember, remember something about the Sadducees, they didn't believe in anything supernatural, not angels, not demons, not anything supernatural. Okay. Now imagine being absolutely hardened in your belief that God doesn't do anything supernatural and suddenly these two lowlife, in your opinion, guys come in and heal this 40-plus-year-old guy who has never stood to his feet. Suddenly he's standing up and he's leaping. You've got a theological problem on your hands. You've got an embarrassment on your hands. And it was going Everywhere. It was going everywhere. So Luke tells us that they were <coughs> extremely disturbed, primarily because Jesus was, they were te- teaching about Jesus was resurrected from the dead, and they could be resurrected, you know, followers of Jesus, resurrected to eternal life. And those who refuse Jesus, resurrected to eternal death. And they're laying that out there. And they're laying out, and, and not everybody is liking it. So Peter and John get tossed into jail for the night in a kind of a holding cell deal till the ruling council the Sanhedrin, 70 member Sanhedrin, rolls in and meets. They had, a, they had a council chamber there on the temple grounds and that's where they would meet and discuss all kinds of things. But isn't it interesting what Luke says? But many of the people who heard the message believed it so that the number of men who believed now totaled about 5,000. 3,000 people came to faith in Christ on the day of Pentecost. Now we have 5,000 men, which means there were probably, including men, women, and children, probably about seventeen to 20,000 believers, from 0 to 20,000 in days. It was stunning. It was amazing. But now you've got the makings of a major conflict. You've got this careful control by the religious powers that be over all the people. And now you've got this crazy group coming in and it's exploding overnight. And now you've got the Romans looking at the Sanhedrin like, what is going on down there and why aren't you guys controlling this? We had enough of the craziness with Jesus. We took care of that. What is this going on? They're pulled in in front of the Sanhedrin. You have to understand who these 70 men were. There was a combination. They ranged from rabbis. They ranged from lawyers, what we call a lawyer, professors, uh, religious elites. There was a whole combination in this 70-member council, all men. These guys were a combination of Supreme Court and Senate. That's kind of who they were. They operated in both of those realms simultaneously, okay? Okay. Now, I need you to think of this kind of like, uh, think, of, think of it kind of like Republicans and Democrats. Okay, we've got a Senate, but we've got Republicans and, and Democrats, and we've got a smattering of maybe some other groups. That was kind of like that with the Sanhedrin, okay? A little bit like that. Very differing views, okay? Very differing views. Peter, fi- Peter and John find themselves in front of these 70 guys who are now going to interrogate them. And the very first question that they ask is this, you know, by what power did you do this? What you don't hear is what their inference was. Their inference was, okay, you guys did this by some kind of demonic, satanic, you know, occultic power. That would have given them easy access to, to banish them and punish them and even, maybe even execute them. And then they said, by whose name did you do this? And Peter had no problem responding and telling them by what power and whose name that they, they had done that. Now Peter, the coward only weeks ago, now filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, holds nothing back. And now for the third time in as many chapters, he blasts these guys. He holds nothing back from them. It is amazing what the power of the Spirit can make you and help you do and transform your life. It's amazing. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to be. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and never refilled, you need to be. Hallelujah. So this guy, Peter, speaks truth to power like has never been spoken. My word. Third time, he says, you guys crucified Jesus. Now, it was actually the Romans that physically crucified Jesus, Crucifixion was a, was a Roman form of execution, but the Sanhedrin did not have the power to carry out capital punishment. So they basically used the Romans to execute Jesus because they couldn't do it. They kind of manipulated it. It was kind of a you know, symbiotic kind of a thing that they had going on to, make, to keep the peace, supposedly. It really wasn't about that. It was Jesus showing their hypocrisy. That's what made those guys so mad and and threatening their power. That's what made them so very mad. What Peter was about to do in speaking to the Sanhedrin was downright dangerous. And he knew the power and the character of these men. And he didn't hold back. Did not hold back. It's amazing. Read that, what he said to those guys. It's pretty stunning when you think about it. But he speaks the truth with power. Let me say something to you today about this. The Spirit's power, the power of the baptism, the infilling of the Holy Spirit comes upon us to give us boldness to share the truth of the gospel. That's the whole emphasis of the book of Acts. Okay? I mean, the Spirit's power, I mean, you know what? Uh, A lot of us live in in the fear of offense. We're we're in a pluralistic society and we're afraid that if we share our faith that somebody could get get offended. And and guess what? The gospel is offensive. It's offensive to the sin of men. It's offensive to their minds. It's offensive. And Paul even said that in Corinthians. You know, the cross, the preaching of the cross, it's offense to people. And we live in a culture where you're told, well, you're not going to offend somebody. Don't say anything, you know. A lot of us live in a fear of rejection. You know, we're afraid that we're going to be socially marginalized, ridiculed, passed over, persecuted. Guess what? It could happen. Didn't stop Peter. Didn't stop Peter. There's a lack of confidence. Some of us, you know, maybe we feel like we don't have enough knowledge or the right words to effectively communicate. There is no excuse for that today. We have a... We have a group on, on Wednesday nights called Belong that will help you learn how to share your faith simply and directly. Amen? I mean, when I was a brand new Christian, there, there were no courses on how to help you share your faith. There was nothing like that when I was a new Christian. I would go down to the local Christian bookstore. It's called the Bread of Life on Thames Street back in 100 million years ago and when the dinosaurs roamed the earth. And I, and I would spend hours in this bookstore buying these books, reading these books, talking to the owner, trying to come up with answers to the questions. I was being asked. And I grew so much during those days, you know. There's no reason today, with all the resources that we have, that you have to lack confidence in sharing, in sharing your faith with people. I mean, yes, we do live in a changing culture, a culture that is so radically different than even what it was 20 years ago. I mean, yeah, it's more secular. And I know that in some contexts, religious conversations are like, don't do that. But thank God, But literally thank God for some politicians. Thank God for some celebrities. Thank God for some sports figures that have been very, very out there with their faith. Thank God that they have. And they've and they lived it too. Thank God for that. But I know it's getting, it's getting more and more challenging in some public and professional spaces. And yes, it does require wisdom, absolutely. I mean, honestly, I think sometimes there are, there are personal doubts that you and I struggle with. Maybe, maybe we have questions about our faith. And guess what? That's not wrong. That's fine. But you've got to grow enough to answer those questions and work through those doubts and come to terms with some of those things. Amen? That's what you've got to do. You've got to grow. You've got to, to develop. Maybe, maybe you've got some serious... You're saying, I don't even know. If I fully understand, if I can fully believe this, then you know what? That will make you hesitant. You have to work through that so that you are fully persuaded in your own mind, Paul said. So many opportunities around here. and Many of them on Wednesday night where you can grow in that. Maybe you came from a church that's, that's inward focus. You already saw a video that showed you we're not inward focused. We're not focused on just making good services for Christians to come to every week. We want to do that, yeah. We're not interested in just having good programs for Christians, although we do all kinds of things around here. So cookoff. Really cook-off. I mean, hey, there you go. We do all those kinds of things and lots more. But guess what? Our eyes are still on a mission field. And if you've never been to that mission board, you need to take a look at that in that hallway. 43 missionaries. Our eyes are still on how are we going to reach the lost in this community. Maybe you came from a church where they never talked about that. They never talked about reaching the lost. Right, let them go to hell. Or everybody goes to heaven. That's a lie. Oh, there's lots of ways to heaven. Everybody's on their own path. That's another lie. And Peter and his forthright self is about to tell you about that. But you know what? In all of this, in all of this, you know, I mean, the power of the Spirit comes upon us. And I know, I know, I know what it's like. I used to, fly, used to be on an airplane and, you know, you could have a conversation with somebody next to you and it was no big deal. Now everybody is lost in their headphones and their screens. And it's an offense almost to try to talk to them. I get, I get it. Again, it's rare that you hear a conversation on an airplane these days or on any kind of transportation because everybody's just like, you know. And I get that. And and unfortunately, our culture is losing the ability to have a meaningful conversation face-to-face, fortunately. But guess what? The power of the Holy Spirit can enable you to overcome any and all of these things. And that's why you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit amen you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit you know what I'm not going to go into lots of details on that there's a brochure out there at the welcome center information center you can pick that up it'll answer your questions it'll help you to understand what it is how it works and why it's important to you and I hope that you'll pick one up but now Peter is front and center with all these guys if there was ever a time where he should have just been very like PC and been very careful and not said anything offensive it would have been right at this moment Because these guys had power to do bad things to him. So he says something very innocuous to them. There is salvation to no one else. God has given no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. And they're like, he didn't hold back. The members of the council, I love this verse. The members of the council were so amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. People may not agree with you, but they'll appreciate your boldness. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They were not highly educated guys, fishermen. They had the basics that Jewish boys would receive, but they didn't have beyond that. You know, They, were, they recognized them as men who had been with Jesus if the only thing anybody could ever say about me was, he spent time with Jesus, that would be good enough for me. Put that on my Facebook post today. If that's all they could ever say about me, that would be fine with me. You know what? These guys were not the wealthy elites. No, they weren't highly trained professors, lawyers, lawyers. Teachers, they weren't any of that. They were ordinary guys whose claim to fame was they'd been with Jesus. When you hang with Jesus, it'll show. It'll impact everything about you. How you think, what you do, what you don't do, how you spend your life, your time, the things you talk about, the things you think about, the stuff you read. it when you hang with Jesus, it'll show up in every area of your life. And it will be observable to people. If people around you don't know that you're a Christian, you're not doing it right. Because it will be observable. It'll be observable to them. And, the imp- and you know what? Jesus will give you an impact far beyond. Do you know the name? How many of you know the names of the 70 men on the Sanhedrin at this time? I can give you four, but you all know Peter and John, don't you? Yeah. Why do you think it is that the enemy of your soul works so hard to keep you from that daily appointment where you spend time with Jesus? Why is it that, you, that he works so hard to keep you from coming to any one of Seaport's many prayer meetings? Why is it that he works so hard? You know, uh, well, you know, you don't really need to go to church. Well, you know, once a, once a month, that's fine. You know. Uh, you know, Sunday's fine. You know what, you don't need to go on Wednesday because you, know, you already know so much stuff and you don't really, uh, you don't need that. Why do you think he works so hard? Because the more time you spend with Jesus, the more dangerous to his kingdom you're going to become. Amen. Amen. And the more different you're going to become. And the less time you spend with Jesus, the more time you're going to look like his people. Yes. Oh, I forgot to tell you to put your seatbelt on. Tighten it up. Sorry about that. Should have told you. Start hanging with Jesus. People will notice. Power will flow. Things will happen. But since they could see that the man who had been, look, look at this verse, verse 14, who had been healed, standing right there among them, somehow they hauled this dude into the Sanhedrin. There was nothing the council could say. I not you love it? God sometimes will shut people up they just shut them up so they ordered peter and john out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves now i don't know how luke got this highly secretive and privileged information somehow we got access to it from somebody he got it from somebody what should we do with these men they asked each other we cannot deny they performed a miraculous sign everybody in jerusalem knows
1: it don't
2: you love that but to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the guys back in. Called them back in. Commanded them never to speak in the name or teach in the name of Jesus again. That went well. Persecution begins right here in the book of Acts and becomes a frequent companion. We in America will do anything to avoid persecution because we bow down to the gods of comfort and security. But around the world, lots of people don't have that opportunity. And it is true. Christians are the most persecuted religious group in the world today. That is factually, statistically, Verifiable. Yeah, the Jews are right up there too. So, around the world, persecution of religious groups is growing. I'm speaking specifically now of Christians. Let me tell you a few things. In China today, China is, the church in China is exploding. But the Chinese government is trying to clamp it down. And one of the things that they're trying to do is they're trying to use technology to clamp clamp it down, to keep it from spreading. In India today, the Hindu nationalist government is doing all that it can to sever ties between Christians in India and the global church because Indian churches are so dependent upon the global church for help and support. I mean, in in Africa, Islamic insurgencies are continuing to mushroom and fragile states are seeing opportunities to take control and that's what's happening there. And some authoritarian governments around the world, uh, they're using media and tech to try to control the, the growth of Christianity. One of the ways that they're doing it is they're promoting the old lies. Here's one of the lies that they're promoting. Christians are evil and dangerous. It's okay if we kill them first. That's a lie that's being promoted in some countries, making it open season on some Christians as a way of saving the country. Can you imagine that? I've heard, it, I've heard it talked about many times by people who are ignorant, don't know what they're talking about. They're talking, even in this country, about weaponizing religion where, they, where there are actual things that are being done in the name of God, not by Christians, but by people who claim to be Christians and thus blaming Christians. That's not a new thing, is it? Not a new thing at all. Not that some Christians haven't done some bad things because they have. That's true. All right. In Central and South America, Christians that are, especially Christian leaders that are standing and will not be bribed by drug cartels and by criminal organizations are finding their lives threatened and ended in some cases. Because they won't bow down. They won't bow down. But even, and even recently, and even recently, this has happened Uh, various governments have, have put tremendous pressure on, on other governments that are holding Christians illegally and gotten their freedom. That's happened just recently. But more and more of those countries are becoming impervious to, to, to pressure from outside their country and refusing to bow and refusing to release Christians who are unlawfully charged. they are getting hardened to the... With all of that, with all of that, Christianity continues to explode around the world everywhere except in America where the gods of comfort and the gods of security must be honored at all costs. In sub-Saharan Africa, by the year 2050, the church will double to 1.1 billion people, they think. It's amazing what's happening around the world. Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? Listen, do you hear what he's saying? These guys say, no, stop, you got to stop this. And Peter looks at him and goes, I ain't listening to you. I'm not going to listen to you and, and, and disobey God. We cannot stop t- telling about everything we have seen and heard. The council then th- threatened them some more with further. And they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone had been praising God for the miraculous sign, the healing of the man who had been lame for more than 40 years. As soon as they were freed, listen to this. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers. And they told them of the leading... They didn't start an activist campaign. They would go back to the church and they begin to pray. Tell them what happens. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. And now, O Lord... Hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand of healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Basically, they were saying, game on, baby. (laughs) (laughs) After this prayer, the meeting was shook. It sounds like the building literally shook. I've never been in a prayer meeting like that. I'd like to go sometime. If this building shakes, don't worry. You see see those green sidewalls? There's great big ties in there. Great big steel rods to keep the building from falling down in an earthquake. The earthquake ties. Really, seriously. So if the building shakes, don't worry, it's not going to fall down. The designers already equipped it for a prayer meeting that shakes the building. The meeting shook, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached the word of God. With both. see what Now, you see what's happening here? Immediately, they go back to the church. They believed God was in control and planned this for his purposes. Did you hear that? Read that. I didn't read it to you, but you can read it for yourself. Prayed for boldness and preaching. They didn't pray for freedom from trouble. Did you hear that? The persecuted church around the world will often will say, don't pray that the persecution stops. Pray that we're faithful underneath it. I don't know if I could pray like that. Challenge to me. They prayed for boldness. They asked for healing power, miraculous signs and wonders. They recognized it was by the power of the name of Jesus, not some other name. It wasn't coincidence. Prayer for boldness brings the filling of the Holy Spirit. They, they, God, they said, we need boldness and the Spirit come upon. When you're praying for the, when you're praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, don't pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Pray for boldness to live for God. And then that will come. That will come. They preach boldly. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story and then we'll wrap up. My friend Christopher Alam, who I referred to last week, shared this story. grip gripped me. He said it was, a, it was some decades ago and he was in northern India preaching a crusade in an extremely remote area. An area that was under the control of a, of a Hindu radical group this uh, Hindu radical group had, had beaten and even killed some Christians and pastors, had burned 20 churches, It was slamming down Christianity. And they had this open-air open crusade, and people were taking their lives literally in their hands by coming to this crusade that they held in the afternoon. They, they did that partly because they, people would have to walk long distances through the jungle and filled with wild animals. They would take their lives in their hands to come to this meeting. But people by the droves came. They came to this meeting under the, under the terror of this group, fear of losing their lives, all kinds of things, and they came. I won't go into the first, what happened the first and second nights, but on the third night, on the third night of this open-air meeting, Alam says he, he, began to preach for the, he began to pray for the lame and the crippled. And he said the, this is what he said, The power of God fell right in front of me, and I saw several lame people get up and walk. I saw a mother pick up her son who was born lame and the boy began to walk. People were shouting and praising God all over the place. Then suddenly, suddenly I heard a loud question in the back of the multitude and the crowd began to split and make way for a man, making his way to the front from the very back of the crowd. He was walking with his arms held aloft, shouting, Jesus is alive! Jesus is alive! People were shouting. People were crying. Some didn't know what to think. He reached, he reached to the front of the platform, grabbed the microphone out of the hand of the interpreter. Imagine this. The interpreter looked terrified, Alam said. The crowd went silent. and The man began to yell in Hindi, Jesus is victorious. Jesus is victorious. Jesus is victorious. The crowd yelled and screamed and carried on praising God. People were jumping and shouting. Man, then the man walked off, off the platform shouting Jesus is alive. said so the crowd went completely went completely chaotic, people yelling and screaming. He said I've never seen I'd never seen anything like this. I've never seen anything like this. Didn't hardly know what to do with it. After after the meeting, after the meeting, he got with some of the pastors and wanted to find out what they knew about what had happened there because he didn't no one seemed no one seemed to know and he didn't know what it, what had just transpired there. And the pastors told him that the man who had come forward yelling, Jesus is alive, Jesus is victorious, was the very local leader of RSS, the Hindu extremist group that had beaten, terrorized Christians and burned their churches. He was standing in the back with his thugs. They had come on the third night with a with a jeep load or a bus load of his thugs, and they were just waiting. They were waiting to make their move when Alam began to pray. This man had been born lame, and he was there in the back on big crutches. The power of God hit him so that his crutches went either way, and instead it looked like high-voltage electricity went through his entire body, and he stood to his feet for the very first time unaided. He walked to the front. Unaided. First time in his life. Many of the Christians knew who this man was. Were shocked and amazed. This man was so fearsome that when Christian women saw him coming, obviously you could see him coming, they would grab their children, they would grab their babies, and they would run into the jungle even though they knew that the jungle could take their lives at the hands of some some wild animal. They would do that rather than face this man. That was the reputation that he had. God touched him so radically, so completely. When he came forward, everything changed. Revival began to break out in that area. Seventy churches were started of the revival. Churches that were dead and dying came back to life. What is Luke showing us? This is what he's showing us. The power of the Spirit enables ordinary people to be bold in proclaiming Jesus. Proclamation can lead to persecution. But to greater impact, he's teaching us that praying for boldness and sharing Jesus is critical. He's showing us that miracles are often God's marketing plan. As I thought of all this morning, this is what I thought earlier this morning. This is probably just me, maybe not, maybe it's me, maybe it's the Lord. I, don't, I haven't discerned it yet. But I thought of all the needs around Seaport Community Church, and I thought, God, you must be getting ready to unleash one incredible marketing plan. Yes. That's what I'm trusting God for. I hope that you, I want you to stand to your feet right now, and I want the band to come back. And this is how we're going to go. This is how the Lord told me to close this service. He told me to have you pray with me. We're going to pray the prayer that they prayed. Are you ready to do this? Here it is. Give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Are you ready to pray that prayer? Yes. Yes. Then come on. Then let's do it. Lift up your voices right now. And let's pray that prayer. You can see it right up there. Come on. Lord, we're asking you right now to give us boldness to share your word. Don't listen to me. You lift up your voice. Come on. Come on. Pray it. Come on. It's up there. You can pray it. Hallelujah. If you don't know know what to say, just read that. Hallelujah. God, give us great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of Jesus. God, for no other power, no other glory, no other authority except yours. Hallelujah. Through the name of Jesus. Through the name of Jesus we pray. Hallelujah. Through the name of Jesus we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 This is what we're going to do right now. We're not going to be here much longer. We don't need a long time to do this. I've asked the band to sing, break every chain. Break every chain. Some of you are going to want to, if you want to step out and come across the front here, then you do that. Feel free to do it. And make that your prayer, that Jesus would break every chain. Some of you have got, got your own chain. Some of you have got family members. They're all kind of crazy chains. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Through the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. I want you to pray for the community. I want you to pray for your family. I want you to pray for people that you know. In the name of Jesus, come on. Let's sing this song. If you want to step forward, then you come on. Hallelujah. Let's sing this song. Father God, either this is true or it's a great big lie. But I know it's true. And we're trusting you together that the power of your Spirit is going to be unleashed at Seaport Community Church in ways you have never seen in 35 year history. too many needs here lord for you not to move with power and we're trusting you help us to pray and to seek your face help us to be prepared and to do your will help us to be that army that moves at your command we trust you father I'm, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to dismiss you and the altar team, ministry team, they're going to come and stand across the front here and they're going to pray with you about any need that you have, you can just hang out and they'll pray with you all of our team has a tag like this and, that identifies them they'll be right across the front here they'll pray with you, hallelujah those of you that are leaving, you going go into the chili, chili cook-off, make sure you pick up your kids first, <laughs> and then The donation, you just make it at the table out there and then go on in. It's going to be a great time. So I hope hope you you'll stay. I hope everybody will stay for that. Father God, thank you for this time this morning. We're so grateful for it. Be glorified as we go. And just be glorified, Lord, as the Rangers. God, raise some funds for a brand new tent. That's a great thing, too. And so, God, be glorified in all this, we pray. Amen? Amen. As you go, Go quietly, please. Talk outside in the Narthex and the Fellowship Hall. If you need ministry, come on right now. One of the teams with these badges, they'll pray with you. Okay? They'll pray with you. Day and you've not met Jesus you need to meet him come up front here the team will help you you've never met Jesus never given your life to him come on today's your day the team will help you come on up here